All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. This is stoppage time with footwork highlighting some of the best moments from episodes. And this week we're talking with Aaron Walker, professional soccer player who plays for the Greenville Triumph in the USL League One. Aaron's journey as a professional has been a roller coaster, coming out of D3 University, having to prove himself, having to make it back to square one multiple occasions, and yet still finding the determination and self-confidence to make it again and again. Check out episode 109 for the full thing. And find more at footwork.club, the official site of all things footwork. Do you feel like having all of those ups and downs throughout the career and kind of having, I guess, the, well, the setbacks and also maybe the less chance of succeeding, do you feel like that made it that much more worthwhile and thus more grateful for how it turned out? Yeah, without a doubt. I think... I think the adversity um, has kind of made me a lot more headstrong and like toughened me up a bit. And, um, you know, I was raised with tough love, but I think like having that in in my corners helped a ton as well and um, just prepared me for, for what's going on here. So, yeah, I definitely think um, the the trials and tribulations of, of, uh, got me and just kind of pushed me a little bit more. And now I, I feel more grateful to where, you know, I, I feel like I'm, you know, making my friends and family proud and myself proud. And I think that's a big thing for me. Just my family put a lot of sacrifices um, in for, for me to be where I am now. And I think that's, that's definitely a, a huge reason on why I'm still going. Do you think you could like count how many combines tryouts like if you put them under one umbrella do you think like you could even like estimate i could i could probably estimate i'd say about probably four combines and then maybe three or four invite onlys or maybe five Mm pre-seasons so maybe 10 total somewhere in that range hotels the flights all these things that come with it man the the hotels the flights the just the weird situations you're in a you're in so many it's just the the life of the unknown and i think that's what's so tough and also speaks to the adversity portion of it there's just so many things you you go into and it's like you can't control it and i think that's so Mm -hmm. tough but it's also you come out the other side with such a valuable lesson learned that you know, you can get through a lot of things, but yeah, I, it definitely, the money started to add up. And again, speaks to what I was referring to with like, look, you're going to have to give yourself every chance here. Cause you can't keep spending this money. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And we get a lot of questions from young guys, like asking us, um, should we do these combines? Should I do this? And I think it's always, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer for a lot of them. I think it depends on what you can do, the level you're trying to get yourself through. But I think it's important for guys to realize like where you are now didn't come from coming out of college and then 
finding your way into the USL and kind of staying there. This was a lot of no's in that process and a lot of money in that process. I mean, how did you how did you reflect on this? Because it can be quite hard to hear no so many times, but still have that faith in yourself that the yes, all I need is that one. Just trusting in, in your ability. And, and like I said, I think putting in the work gives you that confidence when you're prepared. I think you, you feel a lot better about what you're doing. And I think I knew I was good enough. I just had to get in front of the right person and having that confidence is huge. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of no's in the beginning and, and a lot of like, Oh, you are like, you know, you're well good enough, but you know, we're just not looking for this or for that. And, you know, maybe they were just speaking through their teeth, but at the end of the day, it gives you a little bit of hope. And I knew like in these things I was doing well and hopefully standing out, it just wasn't working, but that's, that's how it goes. You know, I think going back to the thing about, should I go to this combine? Should I try this? If you have the, I guess it's tough to say, cause everyone's financial situation is different too. But I think getting in front of as many people as possible is just you can't lose doing that. I mean, it's huge, like because maybe you didn't impress at that time, but maybe three or four years down the road, you've already had a pro contract and someone was at that combine and they were like, oh, I remember this guy. And then maybe that helps you get a contract with them the next. You know what I mean? Like it's just building connections is huge in anything in life. And I think getting in getting in front of as many people as possible is there's really no downside let's dive into some details yeah. then for that first professional contract because i mean going to a place like iceland there's a lot of new sensations there's a lot of new pressure sacrifices responsibilities you're working under new coaches you're away from your family in a much colder place than than atlanta I mean, maybe alone at some points, but also meeting a lot of new people, new teammates. And I know Veltri is like pretty, it's pretty out there, isn't it, in terms of Iceland? Yeah. So it was at the time, they had changed the name right after I left. At the time, it was called B.I. Bowling Garvik, which is kind okay. of a mouthful. But um, it's it's up there. It's like on the northwest coast in the fjords, yeah. like very desolate, not a lot going on. Obviously, uh -huh. people know about Reykjavik, and it's probably what three or what three hours from Reykjavik up, up in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, just getting like craned and picked up and dropped into, into a spot <laughs> like that was definitely an eye opener. But it was just so cool. It was small, small town. Um, right when I first got there, you know, Iceland was in the winters. 20 hours of dark and four hours of light. So it was just very, very strange. It was a complete flip from being in Atlanta. So, but no, it was unbelievable. It was such a unique experience. And I think it like going overseas for a first contract, like kind of gave me a lot to learn and bring back and mm -hmm. just being immersed in a culture. Like we spoke about earlier, like in Europe where that's the sport and that's what's the focus and you're in it like living it day in and day out was just so cool what were some of those things that you took away when you when you eventually left Iceland 
just a new like perspective on the game I think like how much these people truly love it how passionate they are about it and how every game is like just live and die and I think like that's something that's shaped me for sure like not wasting time when you when you have time on the field to play like being 100% in it and focused and like just the way we played too it was just like the passion I don't know like it was just it's hard to speak and I, I know you guys probably feel the same way being over there um just like how much it means to them and and I think that like the game means so much to me but I think that just made it so much stronger being over there in terms of a player what do you feel like some of the things that especially in those first months I would say or some of the things that you realize maybe I need to work on a little bit more. Okay, here's what I can bring that's different in this game. And then how do you feel like that accumulation of that season really kind of catapulted you a bit more as a player? Yeah, I uh, I think the the when I got there, the speed of play was, you know, eye opening. It was mm-hmm. it was a lot faster than than I thought it was going to be. And um, the physicality side of it, too, was a huge thing. I, th- I didn't realize, like, these guys are serious. And it was just cool to be thrown into the fire like that almost. And I ended up playing with um, some really good players and, and a guy next to me in the middle um, who I'll speak about later. Um, it, it, he taught me so much about just – little little subtleties of the game and he had played at a high level so I think the the eye-opening things like I said speed of play and, and physicality were were uh it, it took it some time to get adjusted but I think I adjusted pretty well as the career progresses there's another area there's another transition I would say because um getting that first professional contract and then there's another waiting period I think could be a very difficult time in a footballer's journey because you feel like at this point I made it. I don't necessarily need to, I shouldn't have to, I guess, do these things. And uh, maybe it's a little bit of ego that we get from that first contract, but it, it makes sense. Like I've put in the work and I've gotten to this point and I've gotten it. I mean, hopefully you would think I would get the next one without having to go back and doing combines and things, but Again, as we learn, a lot of these things don't come as as they're planned or how we expect them to. So after that year in Iceland, where is your head at coming back, not having a contract and kind of having to do very similar things as if you hadn't really even gotten that contract? Yeah, uh, you're spot on. It's <clears throat> I think it's easy to get carried away when you have a you have a contract and you're like, oh, I made it. I got my foot in the door and. I mean, that really doesn't mean anything. Things change so quick in this game and you have to be ready for for all the ups and downs and coming back, being relegated on top of struggling to find a contract was a tough spot to be in mentally Um, and having to to grind again and knowing what I did to just earn that first contract was like, I'm going to have to climb this mountain again. You know, luckily it didn't take too long, but still like that feeling of, Oh, I'm going to have to prove myself once again is, it's pretty daunting. So yeah, it's, it was interesting to say the least, but it wasn't the only time I was going to have to do it. 
Yeah. There you go. I guess the experience that you already yeah. had kind of helped you. And then also the experience in Iceland probably helped you in these, these trials and combines because you do get scouted at one and you end up at FC Cincinnati. So how did that kind of come into fruition? Yeah, it was another, another um, combine soccer visa combine where the, the, the assistant for FC Cincinnati at the time saw me and again, another situation where he approached me, we chatted and he said, Hey, I want to, you know, get another look at you. So again, wasn't a, a sure thing. It was like, Hey, you're at this first stage of the combine and now we want to get a, a look at you privately. So it's not a contract. So I'm going to have to take another step and prove myself in front of them. So he said, Hey, we have like an invite only trial um, coming up in the winter. We'd love to see you there, whatever. So I go home from the combine, have a little bit more time, pack up my stuff, end up driving up to Cincinnati, staying in another hotel um, for a couple of days, doing that invite only. And then by the end of it, they offer me the contract. And then I was like, okay, like I've, I've officially like made it, got my foot in the door. This is incredible. Um, not getting too far ahead, but fast forward a year later, uh, I leave Cincinnati. The NASL folds that same season. There's a premium on players, premium on teams. And again, find myself in a spot where I'm struggling to make a team. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, how is this, how's this happening? Yeah. I, just, I just played for two teams, let alone a, a bigger name in FC Cincinnati. And I thought again, I was like, good. I was like, you know, I'm fine now. I've made it for sure. And then lo and behold, things don't work out. You know, agents try to get you places, but they already have their guys. And it's just so connection based. And one thing leads to another and I'm out of a contract again. So square one. It was more of a moment where I was like, okay, maybe I'm not good enough. You know, it wasn't like a, I didn't, uh, I didn't know what I know now, where it's like a situational thing. Like you said, I, I didn't feel, you know, like the environment, you know, maybe it, maybe it isn't the environment. Maybe I'm just not cut out for this because this is the second time this has happened. Um, obviously knowing what I know now, it's great, but um, I wanted it. So I'm just going to keep chasing. Square one again for the third time. So we're, out of the contract in FC Cincinnati. Um, I know you played a little bit MPSL around your, your hometown with Atlanta Silverbacks. Um, still trying to get that next break again back into the professional game. So we actually have a, we have a question from a fan here. You may know him. His name's Jake Keegan. And he wrote in, he wrote in to us. Um, oh, kind, of, kind of coming off of what we were just saying here was, his question is, prior to your arrival in Greenville, was there any point where you considered hanging up the boots and what went into your mental fortitude to keep going amidst the setbacks that you were facing? There wasn't a moment where I was ready to hang it up. Mm. There's no way. Not, not, not yet. Uh, maybe had I gone another year of not finding anything, maybe I would have started to think about it. But again, like I said, that it was like, this is what I wanted so badly. This is my passion. Um, just 
how much I love the game. I can't quit now. So I like as much as it made sense to probably do it, hang it up. I was like, I, it didn't even cross my mind because it's just like, it, there's no way I could break up with the game at that stage. Now let's get into our fast feet round. A little, a few quick fire questions. Favorite player growing up? <laughs> oh. Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard. Oh, I could have seen that just from seeing yeah. some games and watching some highlights. Same. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Nice. I, I just something about like, I, I I'm a Liverpool fan, and he. I just remember watching him like even in his younger days um just like he, he was a complete midfielder to me he could do everything he could tackle he could he could spray the ball diagonally he could bring other players into the game he could shoot he could defend he just like like to me one of the like most true complete midfielders and I tr I think I tried to model my game after him when I was growing up I was just like so enamored with the way he played makes sense Favorite moment in football or in soccer near in the U.S. Uh, now? Lifting. Yeah, I still call it football, but lifting <laughs> the trophy in, in 2020 with Greenville was probably top for, you know, just like the feeling of lifting that thing up and all the hard work paying off um, was just otherworldly, honestly. Love that. Most difficult moment? Um. probably losing in the final the first year so so i had to, i mean obviously going through the ups and downs of not finding a team was was tough but getting to where we were in that year the first year and then losing in the final to north texas was hard and then it's cool to, to think that i had my most difficult moment in a final one year and then the next year my most exciting moment as a pro exactly love that time of the year one year later so it's kind of cool it's mm. kind of a theme of your career though is like the hardship followed by the sweet moments yeah exactly that roller coaster ride what about best advice you've ever received i think going back to no substitute for or work is just like whenever you're resting someone else isn't and I think there's a lot of days where I didn't want to go out and train obviously as you know like some days you wake up you're like I oh, just it's tough I'm not feeling it today but I have to try to get better if I really want this so people tell you know someone told me that there's no every time you're not working someone else is someone else is there to take your spot and I was every time that I thought about that, I'd be like, all right. And I'd put the beanie on, put the hoodie on, go outside, run or go touch the ball or do something. So that, that motivated, motivated me for sure. Favorite place you've lived? I'd probably say Iceland, honestly. Just wow, cool. It's, it was just so unique. Like I've, I've been very fortunate to love everywhere that I've been. Like I haven't, since he was amazing incredible group of people um just some like one of the most special teams i've ever been a part of um since the town was great greenville's amazing 
but Iceland was just so unique. And for that to be like my first contract too, is just like kind of opened my eyes up to everything. So I'd, I'd probably say, I'd probably say Iceland. How about favorite place to travel? Hmm. Honestly, Paris was awesome. Yeah, I think I'll, city. I, I had a blast there. Just so, like so much fun. Um, I've been fortunate to go to quite a few places over there for soccer and, and for vacation, but um, Paris was cool. Best player you've ever played against? So when I was in Cincy, we played Valencia in a friendly in the middle of the in the middle of the season. Incredible! It was like I mean I I can't remember the, the attendance, but I think we had mid mid twenty thousand to upper twenty thousand. Damn. Um, close to thirty, I think it was. It was just like it was unbelievable. And Danny Parejo, if you know who he is, he. Yeah. he Valencia at the time, central midfielder. This guy was just different. I mean, he was – I remember playing in that game and just thinking to myself how, like, he just made the game so effortless. Like, he was just gliding around, connecting passes, playing balls first time around the corner. Like, it was just, like – it was. It looked so easy for him. And I think, like, that was why I was like, this guy's – hands down the best player i've ever played against it's just so he just made the game look so easy baller now you've been teasing this guy i feel like for a, a few moments in this episode best player you played with um in iceland and it's it's not like a hands down decision for me i've been fortunate to play with a lot of, a lot of good guys and a lot of guys he's gonna be very upset if his name's not coming next he's just gotta be up there too uh he's a batsman um uh, his is a central midfielder and we played together in the middle, Nigel Quasi, and he played in the Premier League for 10 plus years in England. And when I re referenced him earlier, just what he taught me in such a short amount of time of how to play that position was so valuable to me. Um, he was just so he was just smart. And he had he had all the tools he he could do a lot. He could shoot, he could tackle. He was strong. He saw the game multiple steps ahead, which I don't think he did. He saw the game better than any of us did on that team. And and he was, you know, probably a bit frustrated at times for sure. I remember him being a bit frustrated because he's, he's playing with us and he's like, these guys just don't get it. And <laughs> fair, fair credit to him. He was right. I mean, he, he had played at the highest level in the world for 10 plus years and play, tell me stories about, all these guys that he was playing with, Peter Crouch, you know, like I can't even – the list goes on. But he he just – he saw the game so many steps ahead. And I think it was it was pretty cool to be next to somebody like that in the middle of the park who taught me so much in such a little amount of time. Yeah. If you weren't a footballer, what would you be? This is tough. Like I said, I think it'd be tough for me to sit behind a desk. Um, maybe I'll end up there one day. But coming out of left field, I, I might say chef. Wow, that is coming out wow. of left field. Okay, cool. For like DJ or musician, because music mm -hmm. is super important to me. But I actually really enjoy cooking. And I, I like you... the ins and outs of like the food scene and like 
restaurants and I think it'd be a pretty cool experience. Are you also the guy who's on the uh, the DJ? It's about in, to ask that. In the, in the Greenville, are you on the sticks? I can be. I can be. I I I listen to a lot of different stuff, but um, no, we most guys jump on it before I can get on it. So I just let them have it. Nobody's ever done a bad job DJing, so just keep them going. Fair enough. Do you have a favorite book? I don't know if I have a favorite, but I really, I think for me autobiographies are the most you know everyone likes different things but i think that's my that's my thing i just read uh green lights the matthew mcconaughey mm-hmm. you'd seen that one but just like be seeing the way other people approach life and go about their daily routines and what's inside their mind is like so intriguing to me and um especially with matthew mcconaughey he's such a unique character that absolutely it's wild to see some of the stuff that's going on up there for him yeah Um, but no that kind of stuff i like that that one's up there i read the anthony kiedis he's the i think he's the the lead singer for red hot chili peppers i read i read his when i was younger and i just remember being like wow this is this is wild so like Cause I feel like it's cool. Like you can learn a lot from, from some of these people and the way that they think. Mm-hmm. Or any quote or mantra that you live by. I know you alluded to before with the, you can't replace hard work, but maybe something other than that. Other than that, I think, and this is something that I didn't always do. And I don't know if it's necessarily a quote or a mantra, but just like trying to look at things in a positive light, like glass half full. And I don't think I was always that way. And um, especially with the, the ups and downs of my career, it's, it's difficult to do that, but um, big believer in like manifesting, you know, like throwing positive stuff out there. And, and I think what you, what you speak about is what you see and the, the way you approach life. And um, I think that's something that I try to live by is just turn all the negatives into the positives and, like I said, when one door closes, another door opens. It's things happen for a reason. So, so there's no point in dwelling. You know, life's too short to dwell. So just turn the negatives into positives and and ride the wave like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't have said it any better. Especially from one door, one door closes, another one opens. That's like the story of your career. It's been such a fascinating journey, and we're. We're super appreciative that you got you came to talk to us, and I think so many people get are going to get a lot out of this one. And really, we just want to say enjoy the time off from the game, come back healthy as we as we hope you will, and hopefully lift that trophy next year. But really, thanks again for coming on, and and we'll be following. I appreciate you guys having me. I enjoyed the chat. Let's do it again. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands to make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos 
Those are great. But more importantly, amazing content for any dream chasers out there. Plug, plug, pass. Tell your friends, your enemies, your mother, your brother, your sister, your pastor. It doesn't matter who. Tell the mailman, your dog, anybody that can listen. Like, subscribe, review, because all of that helps while you're there. We'll take whatever we can get to join the club. Join the club. He messed me up. I mean, he can just, he can just mash it together. So it's fine. (laughs) 